you have a new album out that came out um, in December. It's the third record for Spine Farm entitled End of Existence. Yeah, yeah, it came out in December, and, you know, I spent about two years working on it, and it's, you know, it's been a process, and the fans are really happy with it, and I'm very happy with it. It's totally unique, even for the Browning, and, you know, just a... And is that a, a working title that you've had for quite some time? Uh, I had a couple different uh, iterations of what the title was going to be, but... um I, you know, created, actually it was the second song in the album, Destroyer, where I say end of existence. And that's whenever I came up that that would be. How is it putting out new music during a pandemic? Did you have any hesitations? Uh, yeah, the album was done for quite a while before it came out, just because um, the industry is so used to, you put out an album, you go on tour and that's it. Then you do the cycle. And so without touring being there, uh, everyone was kind of hesitant to do so. Um, for me personally, I wanted everything to come out as early as possible just because myself and the Browning as a whole is so internet-based that I knew that I could still interact a bunch and it would still be worth it to come out um, even without being able to tour because I personally do a lot of stuff to interact with um, my fans online that they just they wanted the music and people consume the music more than they consume a live show so i just wanted to get it out and you said the uh the feedback has been uh, the feedback is pretty much always positive is that right yeah and i mean there's there's certain aspects that are negative and especially with the burning sound being so unique that i i expect that there's going to be some people that absolutely despise it and so, um, but Browning fans, the, the long-term Browning fans and new Browning fans are people that are uh, seemingly open to creativity and open to um, genre bending ideas, you know, melding different things together. And so I, not that I could put out absolutely anything and a Browning fan would be happy with it, but they, they're very much so just into the creative um diversity that the running has to offer because you know it's metal with techno with rap with rock with industrial there's so many different elements in it that um really uh, this album took all of those and really accentuated i know quite a few uh browning fans that are also a big tech death fans mm -hmm. and also fans of uh what some call metalcore yeah. Uh, you think you think people are a little more open to uh, the different subgenres now than they? Uh, yeah, at times, the definitely the. I think in Europe, people are a lot more open than in the states, um, and I think that the Browning kind of no matter what genre you're into, there's a, there's a song that can correlate into that subgenre. And so you can find something in the Browning that is that is a song that you would like. And then also I think that the Browning is a nice for someone that specifically wants like heavy aggressive music, the Browning is a nice little addition into a, a playlist because it breaks it up a little bit just as far as the tones and everything. It's not just guitar based drum vocals, it's that plus, you know, eighty layers of 
background app. And I see uh, all of your uh, music is available on Spotify now. Was there a time? There was a time where uh, your early albums was not were not available. Is that right? Yeah, there was a, a issue with the old label. Not like some fight over rights or anything like that. It was just the the old label. It wasn't just to the Browning. It was to every band that used to be on their label. They removed all of the music offline, and so. It was a good five years that the first two albums weren't online at all, and uh, and the label full no communication or anything. And so it's nice to have those online because honestly, that was the biggest struggle with putting out new music as the Browning, uh, because the Browning's now been around for long enough that those first two albums are very nostalgic to people. Um, you know, people listen to them where they are very young. Now they're adults. They want to listen to it and, you know, have those memories. And so people, fans were upset thinking that it was us that took the music down, but, um, it's nice for them to be back. So now I can release music without every single fan being like, I want the old albums. Where are they at? So it's, it's nice that those came out before the, the new album came out so that when the new album came out as, it seemed mind-boggling that uh, uh, in a, a company that's involved in selling product would <laughs> remove their product from the market. Yeah, I have some I have some theories uh, about them and the the whole reason for that. Um, I'm sure that there was, uh, and you know, this is my own speculation because these fools don't communicate. But I think they were personally tied up in some sort of legal lawsuit with another label that had bought them out at one point, but then that fell through. And so I think that there was a back catalog issue with their contract and with their lawsuit to where they had to remove all of the old music off of their off of existence. And so that's me speculating. I don't know if that's true or not, but. Um, once the albums came back online, I talked to them because they just popped back on them. Like, you guys need to talk to me. Like, why is this happening? Cause now they need to start paying me royalties, you know? <laughs> and so, um, they said that some of the old guards that were in the label got the boot and they had some new people in that made them do the, do things properly. So, um, for me at this point, I give a crap less if they pay me for those old records. I just want the music up so that my fans can be happy and I can put out more music without the fans wanting. Well, that's a, that's a sort of a fun sounding conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I so much like I had a few things during that whole process that kind of happened that made me land towards that because that label, I don't know if I should even mention their name, but they they got they merged with another label for certain releases, and then that label then got bought by Sony, right? And then whenever, because at one point uh, a couple years ago, I got reached out by Sony and said, "Hey, I have a bunch of your first two albums. Do you want them?" Because they had a bunch of them in their warehouse. And I'm like, "Why does Sony have?" those albums and then it sparked in my mind i'm like oh yeah they merged with a company that got bought by them but then the merger got screwed up and then our label sued that other label and then everything gets removed offline so it seemed like one of my thoughts slash conspiracies 
is maybe that lawsuit because they sued that other label for um, them not distributing those albums in the merger properly. So one of my thoughts is every band that was a part of that merger was probably owed money from that lawsuit. And that they probably erased everything to not uh, have any ties to the bands that were. The yeah, yeah, that's in the nutshell what it is. <laughs> wow, how can how convoluted is that? I know, dude, it's, it's crazy, and that's why I just at this point I'm just glad that I'm on a good label, and I've been with them for a few years, and um, everything's perfect with them. Spine Farm, they're part of Universal. And it's just, uh, I'm just glad the old albums are back so that I don't even have to think about it anymore, you know? <laughs> no doubt. Is uh, Master's ownership is still a uh, sticking point for um, deals between bands and record companies? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's a that's a big part of it. And as, as an artist, it's, I personally think, and most people are realizing this, um, I think that in the modern world, you don't particularly need a label. The The biggest right of label that you, or the re reason you needed one was to front the money for recording costs and then also front the money for CDs and distribution to stores. Well, in the modern world, you don't need any of that. You can record your album on a laptop like I did in the end of existence. You don't distribute to stores anymore like Best Buy or FYE because everything's just streaming. So all you have to do is pay a $15 distro kid fee and your music's distributed just like a label would do it. And so there's, and then you can personally reach out to media outlets to do interviews and podcasts and stuff like this. So to me in the modern world, there's no point to have a label. Um, unless if you're talking the big time, like they're putting millions of dollars into marketing and, you know, stuff like that. And so really, and whenever I signed that initial contract, that was like, 2010 you know and i was 18 years old what do you expect um but i think in the modern world a lot of people are realizing you can you can be completely independent and be just which do you enjoy the most uh writing recording or performing or do you like them equally um the pretty much my whole the whole reason i really love the metal genre is because the live performance aspect of it no other genre has the same energy that, that metal does. But also probably the most satisfying thing in my life is uh, sitting down and working on a song, you know, sitting there for eight hours from scratch and coming up with something really awesome and then putting it in the car and playing it full volume. That's like probably the most satisfying thing in my life is doing that. And I'll listen to that song for a month straight on repeat, you know, and um I have so much music that never has been released to the public that I just love and I listen to myself that I've created. And um, so I would say that overall, the the biggest uh, sense of um, happiness I get from the music is, is directly after writing a song, for sure. And just... What are your thoughts on the scene of your particular style of music? Uh, I think it's... I think that it's extremely boring. Uh, and I think that it's an, uh, an issue like big time. And it's actually one of my big, my big efforts with this album was to not fall in line with what everyone in my scene is doing. Um, 
all these bands that are supposed to be this more extreme aggressive metal are writing songs with rock and roll song structures and, you know, pop radio song structures to where you, you can say exactly what the song's going to do before it even happens. And they're doing entire albums of it. There's nothing surprising. There's nothing, uh, it's not as catchy as they think it is. It's not going to get them radio play like they think it is. And it's just, it makes the genre as a whole very boring and I can't stand it. And so with this album, I didn't have a single song that is a standard structure. The production of it, I didn't use any standard presets that any producer uses. I created all this stuff on my own. I didn't care if it sounded of quote unquote industry quality. I just did what I did, what I wanted to do and create something that no one else is doing because the metalcore genre is the most boring genre out there. It might as well be country music. Um, have there been any reasonable touring offers uh, for you um, for yeah. the next six months or so? Uh, we've gotten some, but I'm personally waiting until there's it's completely like structurally stable out there with the music venues um, to put myself out there. Like I, I'm really happy in my life, and really um, I got a I started a business whenever COVID started, so I can make money outside music because touring was pretty much my source of income. And so um, I spent the time, I started a knife company. It's called Fearless Knives. And so I travel the country right now selling selling knives all over the place. And um, so I'm just, I'm just taking it as it comes and waiting for, you know, the venues and everything to be really, really stable so that whenever I go out, it's uh, not so stressful, you know. And so no tours as of right now, but I'm just going to keep that online interaction with my fans at a, at a maximum. And, you know, if you're making music, do something that is, that it, that is creative and not falling in line with everything else because falling in line never, never gets anyone's attention. It really doesn't. And so uh, break, break the meta, do something that's, that's unique and is you rather than what is someone else is doing. Find your niche and, you know, stick to it. Definitely.